So let's get started by asking the question, how did you come up with the topic that you did? Oh, wow. So the minute they asked me, um, I I knew that my topic should be about the mission of BYU-Idaho. And um, there were a lot of conversations on campus that quickly led me to believe that that was definitely the topic. And as soon as I made the decision, the Lord gave me lots of insights and quotes and scriptures and things that would help me to round out that devotional. Yeah. I, when I was reading your talk, um, you had made a, a comment about Brother Riggins um, and his discussion with 100 students. Do they know the mission of BYU-Idaho? And you said, not a single one of them did. And that made me think, do I know the mission of BYU-Idaho? Um, and so that was that was interesting to me. And I feel like since I've been here for a while, if I don't know the mission, how many people right, know the mission of BYU-Idaho. That's right. I think it goes undetected a lot of times. The mission statement is bigger than it seems. And um, Elder Clark, President Kimby Clark, when he was here, um, summarized it in three words, build disciple leaders. So for me, I think if we can just remember those three words, it will help us to stay on track. Yeah, um, I love that. It's very, it's very simple. His breaking down of the mission statement and those three words, very simple, very powerful. Um, so what does is, what is being a disciple leader look like to you? Wow. I think for me, being a disciple leader is someone who puts the Lord first and allows him to prevail in their life and is quick to respond to his promptings and will help lift those around them. That's what epitomizes disciple leadership in my mind. Awesome. I I couldn't help but seeing you getting choked up there. You're from the Bay Area and you weren't a member when you came to Rexburg. Um, and so what what got you into the church? Because like you mentioned in your talk, like why would somebody who is not a member of the church come to small little Rexburg where it's so cold and not many people. Do you know, um, Chandler, I often say that <laughs> the Lord brought me here. He brought me here. A, a good friend of mine, Chantel, she she and I grew up together, and her brother played football for BYU Provo. And they weren't members of the church either, but he he told us about this school, and we, we both came and visited and loved it. And it was really the impact of this campus that really helped me feel not only the love of God, but to understand his plan of salvation and the role that I got to play in that. So would you say that the students, as you came here to study, the students played a role in your life as disciple leaders to show you how to come unto Christ? Oh, absolutely. The people that I mentioned in my talk, they were not afraid to invite me to do things that other people might be um, hesitant to do, like to read the Book of Mormon, to pray about the Book of Mormon. I think, you know, these young girls had just graduated from high school. They weren't returned missionaries, but they um, truly were disciple leaders in the sense that they loved the Lord and followed His promptings and helped me to find my own testimony of the Book of Mormon and the role of my Savior, Jesus Christ. They came, They, they you said they were prior to a mission, and I don't know if most of them went, if none of them went, 
but I know that you went on a mission. Where did you serve? I served in the England Leeds Mission. England Leeds Mission. How did you, what, what were your thoughts? How did, how did those 18 months go oh, for you? Oh, goodness. Well, first I have to say my preparation for my mission. Um, I'd only been a member of the church for about a year when I submitted my papers to go. And um, my first thought was, how can I teach people about the church when I really am just a baby member? You know, my membership is so new in the church. And um, I remember a missionary telling me that it it all boils down to faith, repentance, the gift of the Holy Ghost, and, um, and then enduring to the end. And he was like, you already have that you know, the first three parts down. And so I just had to remember the basics of a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when I went out on my mission, I feel like it's interesting. I was, you know, I obviously wasn't a scriptorian at all, but as a missionary, you're blessed with um, insights and hopefully the Lord will fill your mouth with the things you need to say. And I felt like when when we were all on our missions together, we probably all felt like we were just, you know, toddlers in in the gospel of Jesus Christ because it was so new to all of us. But um, I mean, sharing the gospel was probably very new to all of us. But you build courage and and having that constant companionship of the Holy Ghost to lead and guide your your work um, builds some confidence and some strength and helps you to rely on Him in the best ways possible. So, And as you were serving a mission, you had joined the church. Your family wasn't, weren't members of the church. So what was their reaction to you joining the church and deciding to go on a mission? Oh, they, they weren't real excited about that, actually. Um, they couldn't believe that I was going to take time off of my education um, to go and, and, you know, take a year and a half off. And they just really couldn't see the purpose of that. But um, when they saw that I was pretty set on going, they, you know, they lightened up a little bit. Yeah. So here's my question to you is, I'm sure that throughout this campus, there are men and women who have families that are not members of the church and they decided to join the church and they may be pondering whether to go on a mission or not um, and maybe struggling with what's going on at home because their families may not be as supportive as they would like them to, right? What would be your advice, um, your guidance, and your counsel to them? My first word of advice is that your Savior Jesus Christ is the number one relationship for you. Um, he will. He loves you. He'll always be there for you. I knew my family loved me. I was very close with my family, and I didn't want to disappoint them. So it was hard to to make the decision at first to go, but I knew that the Lord would bless me through my service. And, you know, after 18 months of serving, you know, my family didn't miraculously join the church or anything like that, but they they continued to love and support me for who I am. And I think that your your family will continue to love and support you for who you are and I remember one time thinking about um, the prophet Abraham and how he had to give up his son or potentially give up his son. And he went till the very last moment and and then he was stopped and was able to keep his son. And I think that 
sometimes the Lord will ask us to do really hard things that we don't see the purpose in, but is in those moments when we dedicate ourselves to him and to serving him is when our faith and trust in him grows. I love that. Thank you so much. I, I am the product of a convert. Um, my father was a convert to the gospel and his, his family wasn't so keen on him joining the gospel either. And, um, but I am sure glad he did because that was, he was, he was a disciple leader to me, right? In my life growing up, because he showed me how to be a priesthood holder, how to be, how to be a man in the gospel. And, um, he helped me build my faith, faith along with my mom. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, these are, these are big choices that, that people are making that you made and, um, they have lasting effects on you and on those that you, that you know, and that you love. Um, and so thank you for that, for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Chandler. Going a little bit back to your talk, um, we talked about your mission. Anyway, how you were half-hearted coming to to BYU, and something clicked as you went on your mission, as you came home, and as that that changed for you. And one of the you 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 bring up three points, and one of the points in being a disciple leader is that you're drawn to BYU Idaho. You're brought by the Lord to BYU Idaho, um, and you were certainly drawn and brought to BYU Idaho. Something else that you said in your talk that was interesting to me is it kind of just kind of falls that way. Even if you weren't planning on it, it, it happens without a big miraculous thing, right? But you're here for a reason. Can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. Um, so, you know, my best friend Chantel had been inviting me to come to Rexburg. And um, so it was her invitation that initially got me interested in in being here and so I never would have taken that leap. I didn't even know, I didn't know much about Idaho, let alone Rexburg, Idaho, um, before I came here. But um, since I joined the church and I served my mission, I finished my education in Provo at BYU um, and embarked on a career where I went lots of different places. And um, I really enjoyed the things that I was doing. Um, but the Lord was bringing me back here. So sometimes I say the Lord had to drag me back here because I don't know that I would have had this on my career path um, starting out in my career. But um, since coming here, the way that I, I discovered that there would be a place for me at BYU-Idaho, I knew that the Lord would help me in this process and that he would qualify me. You know, the, the old saying, you know, the Lord qualifies those he calls. And and he has definitely done that for me here. I have been so blessed to work here. I, I love the work that I do. I love my students. I love the mission of this university and and the role that we get to play in helping the Lord build his kingdom is pretty magnificent. Like it, it, as you look at like your own individual experience, like how am I so lucky to get to do this? You refer to this job in your talk as your dream job. Um, 
this your number one choice for a job it ended up being here in Rexburg doing what you're doing. How have you seen the Lord bless you specifically in your job? He brought you here. Um, you've worked here, but how have you seen him specifically bless you as you've gone through your career here? So um, my my work here started with Pathway and Online, and I was tasked with building an online student experience. And at the time, we had no idea what on what that could possibly look like or <laughs> what the Lord would need to help these students be successful and to feel like they belong. And I felt quite literally like Nephi building the ship. Like I had to rely on the Lord and just follow his promptings and the direction that he was giving me to do something that really no one else had ever done. And I have felt that as he's given me other opportunities to build new programs and uh, to do different things at the university, he is constantly giving me opportunities to change. I, I used to love structure. I actually still love, secretly love structure, but um, the Lord gives me opportunities to change and to grow. And it's through those instances that I really get to feel the hand of the Lord in the work that I do. You get to invite people to come unto Christ by the work that you do. The second, this leads me to my, your, your second point, um, that the Lord uses invitations, right? That we, disciple leaders, use invitations. And when you were invited to come here, invited to join the church, invited to do all these things, that was your invitation to come closer to Christ. The Lord uses invitations, and he uses his children to invite others to come unto Christ. How can we as students at BYU-Idaho, I guess beyond what you've mentioned in your talk, utilize the power of the invitation? I think that the Lord is constantly inviting us, right? Come unto me. And um, as children of God, we have the opportunity to extend invitations to our fellow men, our fellow students at BYU-Idaho, um, whether it's someone who looks like they're having a hard time or someone who um, looks like they're having a great time, but maybe there is something that that person can benefit from by receiving an invitation from you. And that looks different, I think, for every single one of us, what we're inviting them to. But what I love about that is that each and every one of us has the opportunity to strengthen his kingdom, build the kingdom of God where we are. And when we're inviting people to become more like him, when we act more like him in our everyday lives, then we all become better. And I love how you, you tied into that third point, uh, disciple leaders build where they stand. I know for a lot of people that building Zion the task of building Zion, being missionaries, um, whatever that entails, right, can be daunting. It can be really, really a situation where they're like, I, I don't know if I can do this. Like, that's a lot of responsibility, and I'm busy and all these things. What advice or counsel would you give to those people that that would need, need a little more, I guess, push to become um, builders of Zion where they stand, disciple leaders in that way? Well, like the video that I shared in my um, devotional address, um, it really, it comes through this, 
the small and simple things that we do every day. It it doesn't have to feel like this grand, big, scary thing to build Zion or to um, build the kingdom of God. It's really through how we live our lives and inviting people to join us in a life that we consider joyful. So it can be small and simple. Don't freak yourself out. Just just be a little more open than you were yesterday, and the Lord will bless you. As you open your mouth, he will fill it time and time again. As we close the interview, is there anything else that you would like to touch on, uh, share? The mic is yours. Oh, thank you, Chandler. Um, I think the only thing I would add is that the mission of BYU-Idaho can become your mission. Some of us have served missions. Some of us haven't served missions. But as we embrace the mission of BYU-Idaho, that can become our mission. That can become our purpose in what we do here. I mean, studying is so important and, you know, getting good grades and, and, and going to church, those are all our number one priorities. But as we feel the real purpose of why we're, why we're here, I think that that comes through the relationships that we build and the people who we bring along with us.